0: We're back here, whole nine yards on a Monday evening. Drew Pien here with Brandon Krikorian. Brandon, how's it going?
1: Uh, good, yeah. Um, you know, nothing's really been happening in the last couple of days, so, yeah, everything's been really chill. How about you?
0: I'm home, so, I mean, yeah. How's Quinnipiac? Boring or?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, the last two days have not been the best days, I guess. That's uh, been pretty, you know, I guess the weather hasn't been great, but, uh yeah i mean it's the same as usual honestly
0: yeah uh i guess breaking news within the past i mean i guess today but uh julian edelman retired um he was cut basically and then he just retired basically right after that it's not that big of news i mean edelman was a guy who didn't we didn't know who what was gonna what we're gonna get from him probably nothing he retires er i guess technically early but at the same time i mean uh I think it was probably for the best. He was just so beaten up. But I think the biggest thing that comes with Edelman is, I mean, now is it, it's going to be, is he a Hall of Famer? My initial reaction is, is no. He just – he's similar to Eli Manning in the way that, yeah, he might have a Super Bowl MVP. He might be maybe the best postseason-wide receiver that wasn't great in the regular season. But, I mean – that's not, that's not what's going to get you into the hall of fame. Obviously being a big postseason guy is huge for the hall of fame, but if you can't be a top five wide receiver in any single year, basically it's tough to get you into the hall of fame. And, you know, at best you could argue he was a top five guy. Like it's, I don't think you can, I don't think you can argue he was a top five guy in any regular season year. It's just, He's never been on that elite level talent, like an Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. He's never been that guy that you have to game plan the whole, the whole offense around and, or the whole defense around. And so, yeah, I just, he can't, I don't think he can be a hall of famer if he's not a regular season dominant type of guy. So.
1: Yeah. And, you know, he's pretty similar to obviously like Wes Welker, you know, Wes Welker is like the first version of what Julian Edelman is, but the, Difference is that, you know, Wes Welker was a five-time Pro Bowler and a two-time All-Pro. Uh, so, and now you could say, you know, Edelman has three Super Bowls, obviously, what the Patriots have done for the last 12 years, ever since Edelman's been on the team. Um, as he's been one of the biggest parts, obviously, Belichick, Brady, Gronk, Edelman. Um, so he's been one of those four guys that's really been there almost the whole time for this, you know, third, you know, the second stage of their dynasty. Uh, so, yeah, if you look at the playoffs and the Super Bowl and what he means to that Patriots uh, team over the last 12 years, there's definitely an argument. Uh, I think it's something that will be talked about uh, when, he, when it's time for him to get into the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't right now, I would say probably not uh, a Hall of Famer, just because you're right. He has never been to a Pro Bowl, never been an All-Pro, never been regarded as a top five wide receiver in the league. So, it's kind of tough to put a guy like that who has been really, like, you know, he's been really monumental to the NFL, I guess you could say, for the last couple of years. But he's never been a star, like like you said, like a Julio, Odell, AB, someone like that. He's never been up to that level. So, if you're going to, unless you put so much emphasis on the playoff stats and what he means for the Super Bowls and everything like that, I don't think you can put him in the Hall of Fame, especially when there's guys who aren't in the Hall of Fame right now who are much better wide receivers than Julian Edelman was. So maybe if those guys get in and then over time, you know, the media starts picking up for Edelman, I, I think there's definitely a chance, but I would say if he is going to get in, it will not be for another, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, even maybe more than that. So I would say there's definitely a chance.
0: Yeah. And, and, and Welker, I, I don't think it's a hall of fame or either. I just, I mean, I think they're kind of opposites just in the way that Welker at least at a quick glance was a regular season guy and then not a postseason guy. And I think you could, just, I think Edelman's the opposite. If you had put their careers together, I definitely think you'd have a hall of fame receiver, but yeah. Uh, we'll get into the mock draft um, or we both each have our first 16 picks. Uh, we'll just go pick for pick. Uh, I'll let you go first. So. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, for, I think for the first two picks we're, gonna have the same picks um it's gonna be trevor lawrence for the uh jaguars Uh, it's again we've the last two times we've done this it's he's been the number one pick and there really hasn't been a question uh there won't be a question so there's not much to say about it but yeah trevor lawrence is going uh i have him first and i think you have him first also
0: yeah i've got lawrence first there's just it's easiest pick in the draft it's the it's it's a guaranteed pick so yeah i'm gonna go with uh lawrence at one
1: uh, for, I mean, for my second pick, I guess we'll just go back and forth kind of um, For my second pick. I have Zach Wilson. Obviously, the Jets have the second pick. Uh, I also would like to think that you also have Zach Wilson. Um, obviously, with the uh, Jets trading Darnold, what was it, like a week, two weeks ago, that made it even more clear, even though it did seem like they were going to go with Wilson no matter what. Uh, but now it's obviously evident that Wilson's going to be taken by the Jets. So again, not much of a discussion here.
0: Yeah, Wilson, too. Easy. Number three. Yeah.
1: Number three, I think I, I've i definitely changed and I think it's definitely going to be different than what you have. Um, I have Mac Jones going to the 49ers and it may be a surprise, but if you look at what the media has been talking about and what Shanahan and John Lynch of what they want, it seems like Mac Jones fits more of their scheme than Justin Fields does, who you would probably think would go in that third spot, uh, especially with the Niners trading up to that uh, third overall selection. But it seems like they really want Mac Jones so I've changed. I was Fields last week. Um, and now I'm Mac Jones, just because over this last week, there's been a lot of discussions and a lot of conversations about possibly, you know, not even possibly, but more of a real chance that Mac Jones could go third overall, which would seem crazy because if you, know, you look at Fields and even Lance, you'd probably say Jones is behind both of those. So for him to go third, I think would be, I wouldn't take him third, but if, if Shanahan wants him and I trust Shanahan, then I think you have to go with him, especially if you're trading up from where you were to get to that third spot. So, yeah, I have the Niners taking back Jones.
0: I have I have them taking Jones as well. I mean, I I think oh. I I don't think it's necessarily a lock, but I think it's getting to that point. It's the guy that Shanahan and Lynch supposedly want. Uh I don't like the pick and I don't trust Shanahan, so I I'm just going to say I don't like the pick at all. Uh I think this is like Shanahan going after his Kirk cousins type of guy, basically just a better version of Jimmy G and Kirk cousins, but like not that much better. Uh, I think a comp could be somewhere similar to Matt Ryan, maybe slightly more mobile and a slightly better arm maybe, but I think it'll be around there. And obviously Shanahan brought Ryan an MVP. So how bad of a pick can it be? But I think they're better quarterbacks on the board. I think out of fielder Lance, I think one of those would be better. And if you want to take Jones, that's fine. But you didn't have to trade up to three to get Jones. Uh, did you have to trade up? Maybe, but to me, I just don't think you have to trade it up. Trade up to three. You could have traded up to. I mean, you could have traded up to four. You could have traded up to six. You could have traded up to, like nine or eight or something. I I just don't think it had to be three. I think they're gonna take Jones. I don't love the pick. Even if he turns out, I think, again, you could have taken him probably later in the draft. So, yeah.
1: And again, they could have even just taken him where they were originally. Uh, they didn't know that Carolina was going to trade for Darnold at, at, at that point. So that was a team that was court, somewhat quarterback needy. So I guess that was maybe somewhat, um, they, they, that's why they traded up, because they didn't know about Carolina. But with obviously with them getting Darnold, You know, you look at Washington, they may need a quarterback. Denver, they may need a quarterback, but they're not 100% sure on getting a quarterback. So if you look at the other teams, obviously, on the list, too, none of them are really going to take a quarterback. Again, maybe Atlanta, but they probably wouldn't go Mac Jones. So you may have even been able to stay at your pick, which I think was 12. So it's definitely a curious decision. um, But again it does seem like they're going to take Mac Jones at three which I also agree I don't think that's a great pick at uh, especially at three even at 12 I don't even know if that would have been a great pick but at three I don't think that's a good pick but hey if Shanahan wants him and obviously he's going to be your coach for the next couple years and obviously Lynch is going to be your GM uh, and they're both in agreement on it then you know I feel like you just have to take him if if you're going to move up uh, to to number three but um, for four and again we're not going to do trades but This is an obvious traded candidate, and we talked about it last week that they've had discussions about trading down uh, from this pick, but we're going to go no trade. So for the fourth pick for the Atlanta Atlanta Falcons, um, I'm going to take the best player off the board, which is Kyle Pitts, obviously after the quarterbacks, but uh, I think Kyle Pitts almost has to go here. And again, this is a team that really needs defense, not so much offense, but with a guy like this on the board, he's basically a can't-miss prospect by everyone in the NFL, not just a couple people, basically everyone. Um, across all all NFL platforms. I, you just have to take him. Um, it just be, if you were to take someone else it and that guy not work out and then pitch just turns into that, you know, possibly one of the best tight ends of all time, it's just a huge miss. So I feel like you almost have to take him if they're going to keep the pick, which again, for this mock draft, we're, we're having them keep the pick.
0: Yeah, uh, this is difficult for me because I think they're going to trade this pick. And if they don't trade it, which we're going to say they don't, If they don't trade this pick, it feels like they would shake a quarterback here at four because I think a quarterback is going to go in the top four picks regardless. But yeah, to me, it was difficult. Do I go Pitts here or do I go with Fields? And I'm going to go with Pitts. I just think he's probably the best player on the board. And if not, he's the best player on the board comparative to the rest of the class and the rest of, I mean, drafts before this. Uh, So yeah, I'm going to go with Pitts. I think... Fields or somebody goes here at four in the actual draft. But um yeah, I think Pitts is the best player, that's probably the best non-quarterback in the draft, if you look at it. So yeah.
1: Yeah, and I could definitely see Fields going to the Falcons if they were to keep that pick. Um, I think that could be their second option if they somewhat did if they just didn't want to go with with Pitts or somehow he got taken or something crazy. But um, with them extending Matt Ryan, he's basically, Matt Ryan's basically there on a two-year contract for this year and next year. Obviously, that last year you could void or you know, you could just have him be, start for half the year, then have fields or whatever. But um, I don't see him taking quarterback. But again, I wouldn't be surprised, but I just feel like you almost have to take Pits. He's going to be there. There's just no way he does it. He's not going to be there at number four. So, again, if they don't trade, I think they're definitely taking pits. This could uh, be,
0: they for, could trade down and take Lance. It, it, you know, you have Ryan start for two years, you take Lance at that eight ish territory or maybe that nine ish territory.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, but, that's yeah. definitely possible. But yeah, um, yeah, I think, again, no trades. We both haven't taken pits. Uh, uh, so, for the fifth pick, it's the Bengals. Um, you know, I was kind of, you know, stuck between two options, obviously with pits off the board, I would say the two options would be Panay Sewell, uh, the tackle out of Oregon and then Jamar chase, the wide receiver from LSU. Uh, I think they definitely could use a receiver um, in Jamar chase for, you know, you're going to have a healthy burrow uh, back for next season. Uh, You'd hope for be the start of the season, maybe a couple games in. Uh, So to have a dynamic wide receiver like that would be huge, but they need offensive line help uh it that's the reason burrow got hurt it, it was the reason going into that draft last year that people people were saying should burrow even want to go to the Bengals uh because their offensive line was so bad the, um their organization as a whole is just terrible but they did nothing to do their offensive line last year he tore his acl um so with that with that happening last year i think you have to learn from that mistake uh zach taylor this is kind of a prove it year for him too so if he, they're not good this year he's most likely getting fired Um, which, again, could be a good thing, uh, could be a bad thing, but I think it would probably be a good thing. But I think you have to go Sewell here. Uh, He's the best offensive lineman in the draft. So I think it just makes total sense to take him at five.
0: Yeah, uh, I was also stuck between Sewell and Chase, but I want to take Chase. To me, the the question isn't necessarily about who do I like more as a prospect. I think both are great. I think Sewell will be a top five-ish left tackle. uh, And I think... Chase will be an elite wide receiver, most likely at least. Uh, It was a question of what's harder to find an elite level of later in the draft, whether it be the second or third round probably. And to me, I think it's going to be harder to find a top five wide receiver in the second and third round than it will be to find, I mean, not necessarily a top five tackle, but like a solid franchise tackle in the second or third round. I would rather find, try to get a second or yeah, use a second or a third on a tackle. He doesn't even have to be left. He could be right tackle and stick your current left tackles. Him, he could stay at left tackle. Or yeah, I, I just I think it's easier to find a left tackle or a right tackle in the second or third round and take Chase here at five. So that's that's what I want with.
1: Yeah, and I mean I could definitely see them doing that. Uh, I think if Burrow didn't get hurt this past season and he played a full season, I could definitely see him doing that more so. Uh, just because you'd be like, all right, he didn't get injured after one year. There's definitely still a chance he could, but there's a player like Jamar Chase on the board, we almost have to take him. But with him getting injured, I think that, I think it just had to do something in their minds, Uh, you know, the front office. um, And I'm not exactly sure their GM is, but uh, whoever the GM is, I think it just has to indicate that you have to take an offensive tackle here. And I somewhat agree with you. You can definitely find tackles uh, in the second or third round that could turn into pretty solid tackles, not top five, but maybe top 10. Um, And they're just solid players. Um, But I think just with the injury that happened and obviously Burrow did seem like he was going to be a franchise type quarterback for them. I think you just have to take the offensive tackle. Um, But again, Chase wouldn't be a bad pick there also. Uh, So the sixth pick is the Dolphins. Um, So this was kind of between, it was whoever really the Bengals takes uh, for me between them and the Dolphins. So with the Bengals, at least in my uh, mock draft, I have them taking Sewell. I have the Dolphins taking Jamar Chase. Uh, So that that means Tua is getting a weapon in Jamar Chase. You obviously have Devontae Parker. You have Will Fuller for this one season. Um, He signed that one-year contract with them. You have Jaseki at uh, tight end. So they have somewhat of a decent offense. And if you had Chase in there, I think that just makes it even better uh, to have someone like him. Um, obviously went to college at LSU, you know, Miami, it's not that far away, uh, just somewhat of a location status for that. But just to give Tua a weapon, uh, obviously a new offensive coordinator, another year of Tua, another year away from that hip injury he had in college. I think that would just be a great addition for their offense. And obviously we know Flores is turning out to be a really good head coach. We'll still see if we'll have to see how uh, better he gets over the next couple of seasons, but uh, you know, with him a head coach and with their defense, the way he played last season, to get a guy like Jamar Chase, a wide receiver, I think would just be a huge addition for that team.
0: Yeah, to me, Miami is a very tough pick because I don't like the trade up to six. I liked the trade down from three if you're not going to take a quarterback there. Um, I don't know that I love the trade up to six. I don't know exactly who you want at six. If you're trading up to six, I'd assume the, there's a guy that you know you'll be able to take at six that you're in love with. So. My gut tells me it's not going to be Panay Sewell because I don't think it's a guarantee that they're going to find Panay Sewell at six. I, I, Yeah, I'm sure they would love somebody like Pitts, but obviously Pitts isn't available. I'm sure they'd love somebody like Chase. For me, Chase isn't available. So it's a tough pick. My, I I don't exactly know where to go with it, but my gut tells me that they're looking for somebody they know they can get at six if you're going to trade up. So I'm going to go with the quarterback. I'm going to go with train Lance. And I know that's a little bit weird because I could take fields here, but I think if they wanted fields, they would have taken fields at three. I think they like, I think they like Lance more. I think they can develop Lance while Tua gets his, his go at it. And if Tua proves himself, then awesome. You have a backup quarterback who was a top six pick in the draft, who has basically not proven anything has basically just gotten developed. I think he'd be worth Probably at least a first round pick, at least like a mid first, if not exactly where you took him around six ish, especially given next year's quarterback draft class is not nearly as highly touted as this, as this year's. So I think I think Lance is a good, I don't know about a good pick, but I think it's the pick they're going to go with here. It, it, to me, it's going to be something that is surprising. you always have a surprising pick early in the draft in the top 10, it's not going to go exactly where the mock drafts think it's going to go. I think they go with Lance here. I don't, I don't love the pick. I just, to me, it just felt weird dropping from three and trading up to six, but if it's Lance and Lance works out, then it's obviously a great pick. But to me, I think I would have just traded down from three to 12 or stayed at three. I don't know. I I just, I think fields is probably the better player, but I'll go with, I'll go with Lance and, and we'll see what happens there. But.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have two things to say. One, um, I kind of agree with you that them trading back into six means that they wanted a player. And obviously with us not doing trades, I think that in real life, they're looking at Atlanta moving uh, back in the draft um, and a team going up there most likely to take a quarterback, which means that unless the Bengals were to take Pitts, that Pitts would be there at six. So I think that's definitely a reason that they went back up to six because Pitts. there's definitely a possibility that Pitts is there at six if Atlanta were to trade out of that pick. Um, and then the second thing would be, you know, you, you've been more of a Tua guy than I have been. Um, and it kind of seems a little reversed in that, um, I'm kind of banking on Tua for the next couple seasons and I'm taking chase and putting more faith in him while you're thinking maybe Lance and we'll see how it turns out, you know, maybe Tua could still be the guy, but if not, we have that backup insurance in Lance so we could always trade Tua. Um, I just believe that they're set on Tua, at least for this season. Um, I think they're just set on him. Um, obviously, they fired Chen Gailey, their offensive coordinator. Um, obviously, they let Fitzpatrick uh, go to Washington also. So it just seems like they're all in on Tua, again, at least for this season. So I'd be surprised if they take a quarterback. Um, but I guess we don't know. Uh, we'll see how Tua how – how he's been pre- uh, performing and everything like that. Um, obviously, coming off that hip injury and everything. But I, I would be surprised at a quarterback at six. Um, but – for going off that pick uh, for number seven, the, uh, the, the, the Detroit Lions. Um, this was kind of a tough pick, only because I actually kind of like Jamar Chase going here. I just don't think he's going to be there. Uh, because obviously they lost Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Uh, so you definitely need a wide receiver there. I just don't think he's going to be there. And I don't know about taking Waddle or Smith at this pick. So I'm going to go with Micah Parsons. Um, for some reason, I've just kind of been not in love with him, but I've just always just had some – he's had some type of feeling with him. Uh, obviously, he's had the character issues uh, at Penn State, but when he's on the field, he performs. Um, he's ex- extremely gifted. Um, I think he could be a really good linebacker in this league. So I just think at this pick, if, you know, if Pitts or Chase just isn't there, I just don't think that you can reach up for a Waddle or a Smith. Uh, for that seventh pick, obviously you're not going to go quarterback. They have golf, um, so I just think Parsons fits here. I don't know even how much I love the pick, him going to Detroit. I don't know how you know good he's going to be in Detroit, but I just think you know with the pick that you're at and the player who he who he can be if you can get him right, I think if it works out, it's a great pick. But there's definitely a chance that it doesn't work out. But I think for seven, I'm going to go Parsons.
0: Yeah, for seven, this was another difficult pick for me because I just don't know. The Lions need so much that you could realistically go with about anything. Uh, so it, it's it's a bit of a tough pick for me. Um, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Justin Fields. And I, I don't think Fields will drop to here, but in this draft, if Fields were to drop to seven, I think you take him if you're the Lions, because yeah, you have Goff, but you basically took Goff as he was basically a negative asset in that trade. He definitely wasn't really a positive one. His contract was horrible. Obviously you needed to trade golf to take Stafford. So he kind of had to be a part of that deal. The Lions gave up two. I mean, they they got two firsts basically. I don't think golf was really a positive in that deal. And I think golf can be a perfectly fine bridge. Uh, he may not even play that long. I mean, we'll see. I think you could play golf for a year and then put fields in. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think golf is the answer for really anybody at this point long term. I I don't think the Lions see golf as the long term answer. So, and given that the, the quarterback draft class next year, I think if if Lawrence Wilson or Fields were in that draft, and maybe even Jones or Lance, I think those quarterbacks would be like number one guys. Uh, so I think Fields here is a fine pick because next year you could be looking at the Lions and saying, all right, you need a quarterback. So if you're a year ahead of it, I don't think that's bad given how bad next year's draft is. I think they take Fields in this specific draft.
1: I, I'd be surprised if they took Fields, um, with that pick only because I did hear that. I mean, I don't know how much they love golf, but I did hear they did want him. Uh, because there were a couple other trades from other teams where uh, a quarterback wasn't involved in that being the starting quarterback of that team. So it did seem like they did want golf at least somewhat, obviously with as much money as they have tied up to him. I'd be surprised if they take a quarterback. Uh, just, it just doesn't seem like it's the right situation to take a quarterback right now. I just don't think, I think in, not, not saying next year's draft would be, because it doesn't seem like there's a great quarterback option there, but I think in two years in that draft or even the year after that, you still have the possibility of taking a quarterback because you'll, you know, the lines are not going to be good in the next couple of seasons anyway. So you'll be at the bottom of the draft uh, always or the top of the draft. I mean, uh, so I, I don't think they took quarterback here, um, but I think they definitely take one down the road. Uh, but uh, moving on to the eighth pick um, it's the Washington football team. Uh, this is actually where I have them taking Justin Fields uh, and I think that obviously they have Fitzpatrick, um, but they still, and then, you know, he's, not, he's obviously not going to be your quarterback long-term, obviously. So if anything, it would just be for one season. So I think taking Fields here, if he's still on the board, at least you know, for our mock draft, he is in real life. I don't know, but um, taking him here, I think it would just be a good option. It's a guy that I think we know that Fields can be a solid quarterback in the right situation. I don't think he has like this huge bust material that, you, that other quarterbacks may have in a Mac Jones or even Trey Lance I think he, I think his floor is at least being a solid quarterback um, and his ceiling can be a really good quarterback. I don't know if he'd ever be a top three quarterback in the league, but I think he could always be someone around that top 10 if he's in the right situation. So uh, I think Washington, again, they have a really good defense as they've shown last year. I mean, that team to win nine games last year uh, or however many games they even won, um, that shouldn't have even been possible with just their quarterback play and their offense. So to have a guy in fields come in, you could always start Fitzpatrick for the first couple games then give it to Fields um, like they did in Miami with Fitzpatrick. Uh, you have Tyler McLaurin. You just got Curtis Samuel. You have Antonio Gibson. You have a decent offensive line. So I think there's somewhat weapons there. Um, and, and then, again, obviously with that defense, uh, you always have a chance. So I like Fields going to Washington at eight.
0: Yeah, Washington is another just – it's a tough pick. Um, I don't know exactly what they want here at eight. I think there's a solid chance that, I mean, like in my draft, basically all the quarterbacks that you would take are gone. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, obviously Wilson, Jones, Lance and fields. After that, I think you start getting into those guys that are going to go around between 25 to 32 type. And I don't think you'll take that at eight. Uh, So it's temp. I'm tempted to just kind of take like best player available. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not a – it's – I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Elijah Vera Tucker here. And I know that's a bit of a reach, but I think he's somebody that, unlike a Sewell or a Slater, you can kind of put anywhere on the line. Uh, I don't think they have gaping offensive line problems, but – Somebody like Vera Tucker, you don't need to be like, all right, I'm going to put you at this position and you're going to be our franchise guy here. I think you can basically just have him anywhere you need on the offensive line, see how things work out. And if, if Washington likes him the most out of the top three offensive line prospects, I could easily see him being the first taken. So I'll go with Vera Tucker here at eight. And I, 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 frankly, I don't think the pick is great here at eight. I think you could probably grab him at Probably, I think that your earliest I'd see him going, or he should go, is probably around twelve. But I could see him being taken here at eight, especially just I don't know if Sewell is the guy in Washington, or I don't know if uh, if Slater is as well. So I think Tucker's the most versatile offensive line prospect. So I'll have them taking him at eight.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, that would be yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that happening. Um, I actually do like him um, a lot, but. Um, at eight, we'll have to see, I think you definitely could get them lower, but yeah, I don't think if they really like him, I mean, you can never fault someone for going with someone that they really like. Um, uh, but then moving on to, uh, pick number nine so Denver, um, I have them also taking a quarterback. I have them taking Trey Lance, um, obviously drew locks their quarterback and it's, it's kind of known that he's, I mean, it is known, but you know, he's not going to be the quarterback for them for much longer. Um, if even at the end of this season, so and it was uh, I did see something today that they, the Broncos did offer a trade um, to the Lions for Matt Stafford when he was available. Um, obviously, they didn't take it. They went with the Rams offer, but it c- just clearly shows that they're looking to move on from Locke as quarterback. So obviously, with Fields, Jones, uh, Wilson and Lawrence being off the board in my mock draft, Lance is the last guy remaining. Um, and I think it makes sense. I think Lance, you know, a guy that is going to be a project. So I think you could even have a lock start this entire season, have Lance be on the bench um, or even do halfway or whatever, but I don't see, I wouldn't see him starting the season, but I think he's a project, have him learn, obviously drew locks on the guy you want to learn from, but uh, you know, sitting on the bench and just having that experience is never a bad thing. And it's a team that, you know, with the right quarterback, I think it actually be a pretty decent team. Obviously you're in somewhat of a tough division uh, in the AFC West, but, I think with a right quarterback, that's a pretty good team. Um, so obviously you still need a new head coach. Vic Fangio obviously isn't that guy, but you know, that would come in anyways, but um, I could definitely see him taking Lance at uh, the ninth pick.
0: To me, I think Denver's biggest need probably other than quarterback, but maybe even including quarterback is tackle. They need a tackle. Uh, Sewell falling to nine is, is borderline insane. Uh, so I think they take, I think they take Sewell. They could also take Slater here. I, I don't, know that Sewell I don't know that Denver would love and you know love Sewell over Slater but I think Sewell's generally the higher regarded prospect so I think they take Sewell at nine and I think they they probably solve their their left tackle for the franchise problem or maybe he plays right but I think he'll play left so so yeah I think they they solve a big need at nine they could take a quarterback at nine if one falls um But I think, yeah, they'll probably, they'll take a quarterback if they fall potentially. If not, they'll probably look for maybe a Slater or a Sewell if Sewell falls or a Tucker if Tucker's there. But I think, I think they're either getting a quarterback or a tackle there at nine, so.
1: Yeah, I definitely had them. um, My second option being tackle. Uh, I would have had them taking Slater there. Uh, Obviously they Garrett Bowles as their left tackle. So unless they wanted to move him to right tackle or whoever they drafted to right tackle, they could do either one, but having bulls and then whatever tackle it would have been on that right side or, or vice versa, that'd be a really good uh, tandem for your offensive line. And then for whatever quarterback you would end up having, I think that'd be a really good uh, stepping stone. Uh, so I was definitely tempted to go offensive tackle, but at least for mine, I'd obviously still have um, Lance at that position. So I think that's just something you'd have to take at nine, but I'm definitely not opposed to them taking offensive tackle uh, with that ninth pick. Um, so moving on to the 10th pick, obviously it's the Cowboys. Um, this, I mean, in my mock draft, it works perfectly. They take Patrick Sertan at 10, uh, obviously the cornerback from Alabama, who I think in real life will go to the Cowboys at 10. I think the Broncos could maybe be an option at nine, but I think he does fall to 10. Um, he's the best cornerback in the draft. Um, I know some people have been worried a little bit about his coverage skills, um, and saying that maybe Farley or even JC Horn could, some would be better, but I just think the competition he's had to go against in the SEC and also even just in practice, you know, if you look at the Alabama wide receivers the last couple of years, it's a lot of them have been really successful in the league and then obviously you have Waddle and Smith in this draft. Uh, so I just think he's the most experienced guy, the most polished guy, at least in my mind. Um, so to be the first cornerback taken, I think it's a perfect fit. Dallas obviously needs a cornerback. Um, they still have Jordan Lewis as their slot cornerback and then uh, Teron Diggs as their, know outside cornerback and you could have him and Sertan both from Alabama uh, so that also works um, but I just think Sertan fits perfectly uh, in this for the Cowboys at 10.
0: Yeah I think Sertan goes 10 to the Cowboys as well he's a guy that he's most likely going to be there at 10 the only other team that could take Sertan is it are the Broncos at nine so I think I think Sertan goes 10 I, I don't know that Sertan's the best cornerback in the draft but I think he's the safest cornerback pick uh, I think Farley is had injury problems and he didn't even play last year. So who exactly really knows what goes on there? I think Farley's probably has a much lower floor and maybe a higher ceiling. But even then, if he has a higher ceiling, I'm not sure how much higher that ceiling really is. Uh, I think Sertan goes at 10. Um, I think the pick is, I think it's an all right pick. I think 10's a little bit of an unfortunate place to be. I think, I mean, not necessarily unfortunate, but I think Sertan, you could, if you were picking 13th and the Cowboys weren't picking ten. I think you could see Sertan around there as well. So, but yeah, I think Sertan's a good pick. I think he's a solid pick. So yeah, I think, I think Sertan goes 10 to the Cowboys.
1: Yes, we're both in agreement there. Um, for the 11th pick, it's the New York Giants. Um, I'm just going to say for these next two picks, I do have wide receivers going. So for the Giants, I have Jalen Waddle. Um, it's obviously, at least for me, it's between him and Devonta Smith, who are still left on the board for wide receivers. I think Waddle is just a better player. Obviously he was injured this past season with a broken ankle. Um, but I think most people, even at Alabama, uh, and most people in the media would honestly say that Waddle is just the better wide receiver. I think he has more of an upside of being one of the top receivers in the league uh, for a long time. Uh, and the Giants, a team that, you know, has needed wide receiver help. Um, obviously, they have Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, they have Evan Ingram, at tight end. They, they signed Kyle Rudolph. Um, not saying he's going to be huge or anything like that, but, you know, it's just another pass catcher, another red zone target. Obviously you're getting Saquon back and you want to see if Daniel Jones is going to be your quarterback for the future. So you have to give him as many weapons as possible to see if he can be that guy Uh, in my mind. And I know in your mind, he's not. Uh, And I don't even know if adding Waddle would make him that much better because I just, I don't think it's a lack of, uh, you know, receivers or like skill players. I think it's more just a lack of him not being a great quarterback. Uh, So But again, you have to give him as many, if you're going to take him sixth overall and that's going to be your guy and uh, what Gettleman took, you have to give him as many receivers or weapons as possible. Uh, So I just see Waddle going here. People may say Smith, but I just think Waddle's the better receiver out of the two. So yeah, I'd Waddle going 11th to the Giants.
0: Waddle's a guy that I definitely could see see going at uh, at 11th to the Giants. I think he's probably what most people think is going to go to the Giants at 11. Uh, I think they need offensive line though as well. And if if Rashawn Slater's there at eleven, I think it's tough to not take Slater. I think Waddle's a great pick too, uh, but I'll, I'll take I'll have the Giants going with Slater at eleven. I think they need offensive line. Uh, you you're bringing Solder back from the the pandemic year. Uh, he didn't play last year, but I mean, how much of a guarantee is he really? He signed that contract a while back. He just signed a new one. I, I don't think it's a guarantee that he's going to be a great player. You need offensive line. I think Tucker Tucker's a definitely a guy you would have taken here if he was at a 11 as well. But I think you, you, it's a guarantee you're going to need tackle at some point. I think Slater's probably a guy you take here at 11 and probably solve either left or right tackle for the next probably decade. So.
1: Yeah, I definitely like that pick uh, for them at 11. Uh, uh, Moving on to 12 though, uh, the Eagles. So obviously they traded down from six to 12 with the dolphins. um, But I have them taking Devonta Smith. I I mean, they tried to go receiver last year with Rager. It it, it hasn't worked out so far, and I don't think it's going to work out. I don't think he's that good of a wide receiver. Um, And they're clearly all in on Jalen Hurts, obviously with the trade of Carson Wentz. Uh, they said they were going to bring someone in for competition uh, for him at quarterback and they brought in Joe Flacco. So clearly they didn't really mean that. Uh, So I would say Hertz is going to be their guy. I don't know for how long, but at least for this next season or two, he's going to be their guy. So I think getting a guy like Smith, I don't know exactly how good of an NFL player he's going to be. Obviously in college, he was dominant, but the small frame at 170, it's, you know, he can play outside and slot, but I don't know how much he can do on that outside Uh, Just with him being so small, um, I think he kind of does work better as a slot player, but, you know, and how much is a slot wide receiver translate to being an outside wide receiver and how dominant you could be, uh, you know, that hasn't really worked out. Um, It's, you know, there's some, obviously there's a lot of really good slot receivers, but not, you know, outside receivers are just a different class than slot receivers. So I still think you have to take him here at 12, um, but I don't know exactly how much I do love the pick, but I think you just have to take him at 12.
0: A 12 for the Eagles, for me, it was between Smith, Waddle, Farley, and, and J.C. Horn. It's tough, but uh, I think Smith is their guy. For some reason, I just see Smith being in an Eagles jersey. I don't exactly know why. I guess it's more of a gut feeling. I think they love Smith. I think – and who knows if it works out. I think it's another risky pick. I don't know if Eagles fans are going to love it. It's just – You could definitely see Waddle going here. If he's not going to be picked earlier, I think Waddle's probably the higher regarded receiver, but for some reason I just feel like the Eagles are going to go with Smith at 12, whether Waddle's there or not. I think Smith is their guy. So I'll have the Eagles taking Smith. If they took uh, Caleb Farley here, it wouldn't surprise me. They did trade down from six, which means that, you know, they probably didn't love anybody at the six range and, Maybe they do love Farley and they realize, you know what, we're not going to take Farley at six. We'll trade back with whatever we can get the most value for. And if we have to take Farley at 12, that might be slightly a reach, but even then it's probably not that much of a reach. So I think they could take Farley here, maybe JC Horn as well, but I think Smith is their guy here at 12. So I'll I'll go with Smith.
1: Uh, Yeah. At 13, uh, we have uh, the the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I have them taking Rashawn Slater here. Uh, obviously the offensive tackle uh, from Northwestern Uh, I think they just need to improve their offensive line you already have the quarterback down in Justin Herbert so he's you know you already know he's going to be your franchise quarterback as we saw from his rookie season so it's I think you just have to build up that offensive line as much as you can uh, especially with him on his rookie contract that you can just keep adding to that offensive line and obviously you're going to to depend him down the road if they do work out but it's just something that you just have to have for to have a really, when you have a really good quarterback like that. Someone who can be a top five quarterback in the league, maybe even top three, who knows. But someone you know is going to be a really good quarterback. You have to have the offensive line help. Um, and obviously with them having a new coaching staff and Brandon Staley being the new head coach, you'd hope that it, he'd be a lot different from Anthony Lynn, who just didn't seem, obviously his in-game decisions were terrible. So you'd hope that, you know Their team as a whole is a pretty good team, so you hope that adding that new guy head coach can just bring a couple more wins. That's kind of seems like what happens in a lot of these situations. Um, so I think beefing up the offensive line is never a bad thing, and I'm not exactly sure how much I love Slater, but I think him at 13, I think it's just a really good pick for them uh, if he's still there at 13. So yeah, I have Rashawn Slater going 13 to the Chargers.
0: For the Chargers, I think there's a variety of needs. If they can get a tackle at 13, I think they probably go with that. But I, they also need cornerback. Casey Hayward is a free agent still. Uh, they don't really, they definitely need a cornerback. To me, it's either it's either Farley or Horn here at 13 if, if you're not going to get a tackle. I think they go with Horn and I'm, I'm going to say Horn and not Farley because Farley with the injury concerns is scary and The Chargers have too many injury concerns in that defense. I mean, Derwin James alone is enough to to me to be like, all right, let's not take another guy who's going to be injury prone throughout his whole career. And he may be an elite talent, but he might not even be able to stay on the field for half of his career. So I think they go with Horn. I think Horn's a solid, a solid cornerback prospect. I think he has potential to be definitely a number one cornerback on, you know, an elite defense. So I think they go with Horn I think at 13 it's it's about where Horn's going to go he may go slightly later than that but yeah I think Horn at 13 is is a good pick. Uh
1: yeah and for four, uh, moving on to 14 I actually have JC Horn going to the Minnesota Vikings at 14. Um I think it's just a team that uh, over the over the last couple of years, have had some really good corners. Obviously, having Xavier Rhodes in his prime, um, he was clearly the best corner. And having like a Trey Waynes, also uh, those guys, you know, aren't there. So to have uh, to get a corner here at 14, I think J.C. Horn's the next best option. If obviously if Caleb Farley was healthy, I think he'd go here, and maybe even earlier. But with him having the back injury, uh, it's just not a total, you know hundred percent that he's going to be exactly who we think he is. Uh, so I think JC Horn, again, he's not a bad option. It's not like he is. Um, it's not like there's a huge gap between him and Farley when he's healthy. I think they're somewhat close. Obviously I would have Farley when he's healthy above him, but I think Horn's a good pick here for 14, um, a Vikings team that, you know, could definitely make the playoffs this season. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they don't make the playoffs. Um, obviously with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. So but I think it's still a team that is in need of corner help. Um, so I just think Jason Warren's a good fit here at 14.
0: 14, I have the Vikings taking Farley. I just think Farley... To me, I love 14. Uh, sorry, I love Farley at 14 for the Vikings. I think he has definitely has potential to be the best cornerback in this draft. Who knows if it actually turns out that way. They need cornerback. Yeah, they signed Peterson. But, I mean, who, Peterson's one of those guys that he may not even... I mean he may not be the number one cornerback. He may not be their number two. He may not even like, you know, I, I would be surprised if he got cut before the season, but I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I don't think he's a guy that's going to be, he's not, there's a reason he's not in the Cardinals anymore. I just, I don't think he's that great of a talent at this point in his career. They need a cornerback long-term regardless of how Peterson plays this year. So I think Farley is their guy at 14. I could see them going a multitude of directions, but I think Farley He's a great player. There's no reason not to take him here at 14. If you don't take Farley here at 14, you're going to have to draft a cornerback later in the draft. And cornerbacks are tough to grab in the second, third, fourth. It's just there, it's a, a position where if you draft a top three prospects, you're so much better off than having draft one in the third round. You don't even know. It's just, yeah, I, I have them taking Farley at 14.
1: Yeah. And I moving on to 15 and the New England Patriots, I have them taking Caleb Farley, Farley here at 15. This was a pick that, you know, I wasn't exactly sure who they should take. I don't know in real life what they'll actually do, but for here, they definitely need corner help. Obviously you have Gilmore um, as your number one, uh, but we'll see. Maybe he might even get traded. Um, I mean, if he stays, he stays, but there's always a possibility he could get traded or anything. You have JC Jackson um, as your next corner, but he's had a lot of contract issues. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent um, going after this season. Uh, and we'll see if they even re-sign him or what happens. Um, I definitely would not be surprised if he's not on the Patriots uh, going into next season. So I think going uh, with a guy like Caleb Farley, again, we just talked about the injury concerns, but if he can prove that he's healthy, and he can stay s- at least somewhat healthy um, in, over the course of his career, it's a guy who has a lot of upside, who could be one of the best cornerbacks in the league, again, if he stays healthy. Um, but having him and Gilmore, if you were to keep Gilmore, that's a great tandem of two cornerbacks. Um, and then obviously being just on the Patriots in that whole system, the whole ideology with Belichick, it just, you know, it would just make them a lot better anyway. So I think I, it, there's definitely risk in this pick at 15, um, but it's the last cornerback of the top three. So I think you just have to take him in a position. And then, you know, obviously you're not going to go quarterback here. You can't really go wide receiver. There's just not going to be one here at 15. So I think Farley's the best option for him at 15.
0: Yeah. I, to me, I, if you're taking Farley at 15 in your drafts, then Gilmore is as good as Gone. I just they they like JC Jackson as a top two cornerback for sure. They're not going to have JC Jackson play as a third corner. He arguably, I mean, yeah, he was he had a great year last year. And I don't know that that JC Jackson is a number one corner, but if you were to draft a cornerback in the first round, Gilmore would be as good as Gone. And I don't think Gilmore's gone. I think Gilmore stays this year. He may even sign a contract extension. Who exactly knows what happens there? But I don't think they take a corner. They have just so many. Bigger needs here. And for my draft, Jalen Waddle is still available here at 15 for the Patriots. I think if if Smith or Waddle falls to 15, there that's a guy they could take. I still have Mark Micah Parsons on the board at 15. So to me, as the Patriots, it's between those two guys. It's it's between Waddle and Parsons. And I'm gonna have them go with Jalen Waddle. I just think Waddle is he's probably he might be the second best receiver in this draft who knows he may even turn out to be the best receiver in this draft it it wouldn't really shock me all that much uh he's an elite talent he was probably having a better season than smith which is why smith has been able to be a top 15 pick uh was basically winning that heisman uh i think waddle's a guarantee to be a, a good wide receiver he can definitely be great and he could be an elite level guy uh, locking up a, a, a long-term wide receiver especially now with Edelman gone I mean not that he even was that great anymore but with Edelman gone getting a wide receiver for the future whether it be Newton or whether it be whoever whoever you have there you need somebody that's an actual you know elite level talent and obviously with Harry not working out you still need a, a, a top receiver so yeah
1: yeah, if Waddle in my draft board was still there, that'd be a great pick for the Patriots at 15. Obviously, they've needed wide receiver. Um, like you said, even though they've had Edelman, Gronk, they've always needed a wide receiver. Um, and obviously, Harry's not been that. So if Waddle was, st- uh, was still there, uh, even Smith, I, I feel like you'd almost just have to take him at that point. But um, if Waddle was there, that'd be a Huge pick. Uh, they may even trade up a couple, you know, a couple spots to take him if they think he might get taken. I don't know if they would, but if they could somewhat get, if they could somehow get waddled, that'd just be a great pick, uh, in my opinion. Um, but moving on to our last pick, um, at least that we're going to do for the first round, the 16th pick uh, it's of the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. Um, I actually have Elijah Vera Tucker going here at 16 to the Cardinals. Um, I could see him possibly going earlier, but I just think Sewell and then Slater and then Tucker. I just think that's how it's going to go in terms of off- offensive linemen. Um, and for a team like the Cardinals, uh, again, it's kind of similar to the Chargers in that you have your franchise quarterback and Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, you need offensive linemen to help protect them. I think Tucker, you're right, he's a guy who can move positions on the offensive line um and and that's something they definitely need they've always had trouble it seems like even when they had carson palmer and they were going to the playoffs um and with bruce arians they reached the nfc championship they had good offensive lines but they always seem to have injuries and guys that just couldn't play or uh, at multiple positions so having a guy like tucker who can who can play multiple positions uh, in case of injury and you, you can play multiple positions pretty well i'd say so To have that in your back pocket is always a good thing. Um, And then obviously if he just stays in one position is really good at that. That's obviously great. So I just think for a team that um, with a new head coach, I think if, you know, obviously they don't have one this season, but I think next season they most likely will. Uh, I think, I just think their future with a new head coach uh, on the men's having Murray, Hopkins, uh, a couple of guys on your defense, Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons. I just think their future is really bright. And I think beefing up the offensive line is always a good thing.
0: Yeah, to me at 16, the Cardinals, they need cornerback. They need offensive line. It's difficult because I don't love anybody at that position here at 16. If if Waddle, if I didn't pick Waddle at 15 for the Patriots, I think they would definitely take Waddle at 16 here. The Cardinals would. Um, I think best player on the board right now at 16 is definitely Micah Parsons. I don't think they need Parsons, though. Uh it's difficult. I could if Parsons fell to 16, they could just take Parsons as a best player on the vo- on the board by by far. I'm gonna have them go with Greg Newsom, though. I think he's probably the fourth best cornerback here. And I think he's probably he's a step behind Horn, Farley, and um Sertan, but I think he's probably a safer pick than probably Farley. Um, I could see far I could see Newsom even going ahead of Farley in the draft. I think if you get Newsom at 16, you you kind of replace Pat P and you're not going to replace, you know, a guy who made the pro bowl, whatever, eight years in a row, or whatever that was that that ridiculous streak was. But if Newsom could be your cornerback number one, which if you're drafting him at 16, you're, you're definitely expecting him to be, I think Greg Newsom could be, could be the guy there at 16 for, for the Cardinals.
1: All right. So, I mean, that's all that we have for our uh, mock drafts. Um, I would, I would say we'll probably have him on the screen somewhere. We'll have um, our picks. Uh, for each of us Um, but I think ours was pretty similar we definitely had some differences the first couple picks were the same I think
0: I think mine was a very unique mock draft yeah
1: yeah you definitely had some guys go early than they probably would Um, but again it's a mock draft that's the whole point of it honestly is to have some surprises in there and again in the actual NFL draft there will be some surprises that you just don't think of Um, like Daniel Jones going six when it seemed like You know, Haskins is going to go there, even just someone else in general, there's always a surprise pick. So I would not be surprised if one of your, you know, picks does come true. Um, And again, if we could do trades, uh, there would be even more, I think there obviously will are going to be trades in this draft. But I think overall, both of our drafts were pretty reasonable. Um, and pretty – I would say pretty good, honestly, if you look at them and you kind of compare them to, you know, whoever else, Kuiper, McShay, anyone else. I think it's pretty similar to those, not saying that we copied them or anything like that. I just think that this draft seems somewhat – it seems like it's going to go some type of way, and I think we both kind of hit that in the head.
0: Yeah, I, I actually definitely like my draft. I, I think you're going to have to see – you're just not going to see it go exactly the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. Which is why I just – you're going to see people fall – Uh, if Atlanta stays at four, I think my, I like my mock draft even more than maybe I should, but I I think they probably trade at a four, which, which shakes it up a bit because yeah, it's just going to shake up the board. You you wouldn't see if they trade at a four. I don't know if you see Sewell fall to, to where he did. I don't think you see Tucker being drafted where he was. I don't think you see maybe Waddle falling all the way down to, to 15. I just, I think I had a few falls and a few reaches, but I mean, that's what's gonna happen. Uh so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I like my mock draft. Uh, but I think that's basically it for this episode. Edelman retiring, uh, mock draft. This is our last mock draft, basically. Um, yeah. so yeah, we'll see what happens on the draft, but appreciate sure everybody'll stay to the end. Uh, next episode will be back in the podcast studio. I know I said that last time, but this one actually will be back in the podcast studio. It's been like what? I mean, two weeks basically, maybe even longer.
1: Yeah, something like that, probably two weeks it's,
0: yeah. it's been a while, so it'll be nice to get back in there. I, I know I, I didn't use my the microphone I have here, which is a Blue Yeti. I didn't use that just because I didn't have bring the adapter home. So I'm using just a raw MacBook Pro audio, which is probably garbage. But, uh, yeah, um, we'll be back. Uh, appreciate everybody who watched to the end. Everything in the description, uh, read it, all that, follow, subscribe, all that, uh, notification bell. Uh, so we'll be back. Friday Thursday night Friday noonish